morning, good afternoon, good evening, New York. So I'm going to already this. Eagle Eyes on deck. I am Eagle Falcon. All right, we got a lot to talk about. I am going to try. I am going to try to get through this as painlessly as possible. We're going to start off with kind of a... Uh, an, one of the main reasons we keep talking about why you should use secure passwords and why you should double that with two-factor authentication, why you want to go ahead and make sure you go ahead and make sure everything is, is as secure as possible. The quote-unquote Russian sandworm hackers, which are hackers that are actually part of the Russian military, have been targeting email servers in order to both gain control of them and to also skim data off them. That sounds kind of scary, but what about it? Well, think about it for a second. If someone had access to your email, what else could they gain access to? This is one of the reasons why I've been on the two-factor authentication bandwagon and why that two-factor authentication should not be your email. Because now literally anything can be reset, except for your Final Fantasy XIV account. There you're still hosed. Yes, I'm still a little bitter about it, even though I actually don't know if I talked about my Final Fantasy XIV account venture and the conclusion of it. Basically, long story short, it turned out I was trying to recover the wrong account. I apparently had a long dead one assigned to my main email, and I used a different one. And then after trying to unlock that, oh, hey, look, it worked. Because my security questions matched up. What a concept. But I digress. This is about one of the scarier things that could happen to an individual. Because again, once your email is compromised, assuming there is no other layer of security, you can, in fact, have anything linked to that email hacked into, which could include online banking. It could include your PayPal account. It could include... Pick anything. Two-factor authentication. I cannot stress that enough. That being said, for those of you who go, I have two-factor authentication. I can make my password password and it doesn't matter. No! Bad! Bad! Bad password maker! You put a rock-solid password on that account. And then you have two-factor authentication to back it up. Do not think one is a good substitute for the other. 
Ah, there. Now that we've avoided one potential confrontation, let's talk about another. This one is a very interesting story that I first kind of started stumbling across myself as I started doing some maintenance on my Amazon lists that I have public on my extension for Twitch, and then started digging into, and then I came across a video from Gamers Nexus. There are some very odd computer component shortages right now, including on computer power supplies, And yes, I went and double-checked. No, cryptocurrency has not kicked in full swing again. On graphic cards, again, no, cryptocurrency is not... (laughs) It's kind of funny, because when you think, oh no, there's a power supply shortage and a graphic card shortage, first thing you think of, Bitcoin mining is back. No, it's not! No! Bitcoin mining is not the culprit this time. Besides, it wouldn't make sense with the rest of them. Webcams are in drastic short supply. Specifically, the Logitech C920, which, by the way, might be the best bad webcam out there. You heard what I said, and you know I'm right, too. It is probably the best bad webcam out there. The Blue Yeti is also in short supply. That price has actually gone up. Oddly enough, though, the higher-end Blue Yeti X is fine. But the Blue Yeti is now as costly as the Blue Yeti X. Now you're thinking, oh, well, it's just people want a decent mic to teleconference with. The Snowball is still the standard price. Oh, and if you were thinking about getting a GoXLR to stream and go with a very simple and easy to understand audio setup and just get any XLR mic you want and hook up to it, bad news for you. The GoXLR is currently only on sale on, I kid you not... is currently only available for sale from Amazon from one third-party seller for double the normal price for a thousand dollars that's actually actually no that's that's almost triple originally the go XLR was uh four hundred dollars and then it slowly crept up to five hundred dollars. Now it's a thousand from like one guy. Oh, and if you thought getting it from like the guitar store or any other of the places that TC Helicon says you should get it from, uh, good luck. They say they are back ordered until October. Oh, well, that's fine. I don't need that full blown thing with that weird voice effect th- thing and, and sampler and whatnot. I can just go get a mini. Well, for the GoXLR Mini, your options for buying it are nothing. 
Nada. Nowhere. This is actually what originally started my look into it, because I wanted to make sure I updated my streaming setup list and put the GoXLR on there, because that's what I use as my mixer. And that's when I noticed this on Amazon. I was like, that can't be the right listing. It is. There's also shortages on some other odd on some other odd components as well because you think oh the Yeti price went up the GoXLRs are all sold out the the gold standard and bare basics getting into streaming webcam the C920 is gone clearly everyone went and spent their checks on streaming gear That's a good theory. Same theory I had. Except the Elgato HD60S actually is, I think, a little higher than it normally is. I want to say that capture card normally goes for 150, and it's currently at 180. And granted, it could very well possibly be that it's normally 180. Oh, actually, never mind. There is something funny going on here because the HD60S is currently sold out and the HD60... I'm sorry, the HD60S Plus is sold out and the older version is currently the same price as the HD60S. So actually, this all could be people getting into streaming when and no one expected it. However, you want to see something really shocking? You want to see something really, really shocking? You look at some of the other Elgato capture devices. So let's say you're going for for the capture card, the HD60S. 179. uh, I, I could probably go for... What's the next step down? Well, the next step down is the cam link. Which lets you... Which is supposed to be just... HDMI in, converts to USB, very basic capture card. It's originally intended for full DSLR cameras. The Elgato Cam Link is normally a $99 product. $308. Literally triple. Like right now, if you, it is better to get the higher end component. It is complete madness. So Gamers Nexus actually put out a very good video on this, and I'll make sure it's linked in the podcast description Assuming I remember, I am terrible at updating podcast descriptions, and I apologize for that. But you can find it at uh, youtube.com slash gamersnexus, where they talk about what's going on with the video card, motherboard, and power supply shortage going on. And basically, to summarize their very detailed 20-minute video, 
It's shipping. Shipping prices right now with the global pandemic going on have gone very, very high. Mostly because what's being shipped right now are supplies to combat the global pandemic. To compound this problem, there is also the $1,200 stimulus checks that everyone in the U.S. got. A lot of those people had the brilliant idea of, you know, I can squeeze by with what I got currently, and now I have all this money. I'm going to go upgrade my computer. I can't fault them for that. I thought about the same thing. Instead, I spent it on used servers. Actually, what did I all spend it on? I know a chunk of it went to the server room. Another chunk of it went to, I want to say the rest of it went to Bill's, actually. But I digress. This put in a high amount of demand onto products that normally during this period, no one thinks about. Because normally all the big computer releases are in September. And I say, and I do want to stress, normally. There are exceptions to the rule. For example, $1,200 suddenly being in your bank account is a pretty big exception to the rule. So manufacturers already ramped down due to A, they weren't expecting the demand, and B... Some sort of crazy pandemic. I don't know. I don't think anyone's really heard of a lot of it. Uh, So there's all of that going. So it's kind of funny because last week I got into a bit of an argument with the chat whether now is the right time to buy to upgrade your PC or not. And of course, my argument was that we're expecting some huge, huge, huge updates to GPUs in in September, so you shouldn't. Chat argued, you know, just look at your just look at your own personal situation and just decide for yourself. To which I see I see chat's point. I still stand by my own. I'm going to argue again, however. The freaking cam link is $300! How much is a power supply? What's a good power supply? Um, EVGA 1600. 1600 watt power supply. Alright, let's take a look. Is it even in stock? Oh, never mind. It actually is. Oh, that's weird. Oh, no, I lied. It's not. The EVGA power supply is not a rando knockoff one made by... Who made this thing?
queuing C has one for sale for 120 bucks. Market it as a quote 1601 modular mining power supply GPU for Bitcoin miner F rig. Do not buy this power supply. <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this. They won't even show a picture of, of their certification. They say it's gold. They say it's 90 plus gold. I don't believe them. That's a... Uh... Yikes. That's a, that's a big yikes there. <laughs> but yeah, the rest of them are not available. That and the one from EVGA is actually titanium. But yeah, the power supply market, as far as I'm aware, it just doesn't exist. Webcams do not exist right now either. The only ones you're going to get are like freaking Logitech knockoffs. Which, by the way, when all of us streamers are complaining about how the Logitech... Uh, Webcams leave a lot to be desired. And how, man, I wish my webcam was half as good as my cell phone camera. Why on earth would you copy that? I mean, I know why you'd copy it now, because now we literally have no choice. But otherwise, I mean, no. Now, the Gamer Nexus video does say that we should, in fact, see the supply starting to return. Jant wants to know what's the normal price on a 750-watt gold. I want to say like a hundred bucks. For the record, though, um, as far as the sixteen hundred watt EVGA that I looked up, because I figured if anything, no one would have bought the sixteen hundred watt. Well, showed me. Chat saying hundred bucks for a seven hundred fifty watt sounds cheap. It probably is. Well, here, let's, let's go take a look. We're going to go ahead. We're going to go into Amazon since I already have it up. Let's go power supply there. We're going to go bring this up. We're going to use my little extension that is not popping up. And that is a big problem. To go see what the past prices were. Unfortunately, my add-on is not popping up and I am now super sad. Wah, wah. Well, I know currently uh, someone's willing to sell it for $280, which, by the way, no. So basically, in short, there are huge shipping problems. Hopefully, they are going to be resolved soon, as 
the world begins to open back up from the global pandemic now that we have a better handle on how to treat the virus and are getting closer to an actual vaccine, hopefully, for said virus. And also, fortunately, it turned out that the death rate was much lower than we originally expected. All in all, we're making it. We're slowly surviving 2020. It's kind of funny when this year started, people were memeing about like some of the overreactions that were, that were going on. It's just like, oh, hey, look, we're having fears of World War Three. Welcome to 2020. And I was just like, oh, relax. It's not that bad. And now here we are. Everything is awful. The worst part is that the overreactors to the World War Three sort of scare are, are now pointing me going, I told you so. I told you so. One of our regulars in, in the chat who is a... um. Who, who is a uh, trucker is start is saying that uh, freight availability is starting to hit us in the industry pretty dang hard now. That's actually very interesting. Don't worry, only twelve percent death rate from COVID. Someone in the chat says, "Try this. Try point two. That was the latest. Try 12. No. I call BS. That does not seem right. At all. The other problem is that this is going directly off only reported cases. So the thing with COVID-19 is that a lot of the symptoms literally mimic the flu. So a lot of people are catching it that aren't reporting it. That's where the numbers of point two are coming in the 12% is those that are suffering from it bad enough they actually have to be tested and hospitalized as a result so that's where this 12% is that's a inaccurate number it's literally just of reported cases but in any case tech podcast not No, point two is not relative to the world population. That is based on information gotten from, for the love of God. How is this really? Is this going to be whether it's time to buy or not with the chat? 
No, these are the numbers that came directly from the CDC. We're not going to fear monger about this. For the love of God. Oh man, my, and, and my brilliant freaking last burb topic just got revealed to the entire chat. Whoops. All right, in any case, the shipping world is really, really messed up. Hopefully, as the world begins to go back, starting to come out of lockdown, we will be seeing some normalcy brought forward. We can only hope. YouTube! We can discuss it off. Chat says we can discuss it off. Blah, 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 based on my own, own research. I am just going off what I have been hearing. But here's the thing. To just straight up say, hey, there's a 12% death rate based on only reported cases is not the whole picture. Like at all. It's a very, very basic way to go about it. In this case, it's it's a bad model. In any case, YouTube had a bit of a very interesting bug that what that uh <laughs> God, I have no good transition to this. All right, so YouTube had a bug where in fact they were quote unquote unintentionally censoring comments based on based on Chinese languages language fr- phrases. I don't know why this in gadget art- article quotes it as such. Says Chinese language phrases. I mean, I guess I just did, and so did Engadget. So I, that's getting off topic. The point is that a YouTube bug TM was deleting comments that used any of these Chinese phrases. couple things that are kind of bizarre about this the phrases that are being used are specifically ones that are protesting against the the chinese what's the rest of the right right term the, the the chinese communist government specifically regarding hong kong's freedom from china's rule Part of the whole free Hong Kong movement and all that. But here's the part I love. You can't get YouTube in China. 
YouTube is blocked by the Chinese firewall. So, of course, you hear, oh, uh, YouTube was deleting deleting comments that were protesting the Chinese communist rule. And then you go, Oh, I see. YouTube's pulling a blizzard. They're trying to make sure they're, they're, st- they're staying in good terms with China. Oh, I see. Wait a minute. They can't even be in China. Then why? But in any case, the quote-unquote bug has been fixed. And YouTube is no longer censoring comments based on this. I just... Talk about a weird story you definitely don't want. It, it The more you... It's one of those few that the more you think about it, the less sense it makes. And I'm sure if enough digging was done, we would either A... Actually, no, there is only one kind of situation that would come out of this. You dig deeper, and I guarantee you, you're going to uncover some kind of weird conspiracy and just sound like a crazy person that's just going to lead straight up to some phantom Illuminati or something or another. Or you're going to sound like you have. Ugh. I don't know what the possible point could be. Maybe it actually is a bug. Maybe it was like one guy thinking like, oh, we better get rid of this to make sure we don't show a position on on this sort of thing. And then go, oh, wait, what's the point? Who knows? There is a new jailbreak that works for iOS 13.5. And this jailbreak, by the way, is rather interesting. It's interesting because it can literally be done on just about every single iPhone ever. It is almost as easy... As one of the earliest jailbreaks ever. I actually... I only vaguely recall this. There used to be a jailbreak that was so easy. You literally just went to a website. And it was just like, bam. Just like that. Your phone was jailbroken. This one is apparently almost as easy. And unfortunately, I have now, unfortunately, I have not looked into too much about the jailbreak, to be perfectly honest. First off, because I don't own any iOS devices anymore. And second, you can go look up how to do it yourself. What I want to talk about is what it's going to mean for every single iOS user out there. 
Apple's not going to let this go for too long. I guarantee it. This jailbreak vulnerability is going to be patched. Here's the funny thing with Apple. There is a critical vulnerability that could steal all your personal data and inject malware onto your system and mine you for information and make scam robocalls using your iPhone. Apple's security team will patch that in, I'd say, a month after discovery, maybe two weeks. Apple is so slow with security vulnerabilities, it's not even funny. Unless it's one that allows the phone to be jailbroken. I will be stunned if this jailbreak works by the end of the week. Heck, this was originally reported on May 25th. We're currently recording this on May 31st to air on June 1st. I would not be stunned at all if this jailbreak was already patched. I am almost willing to bet money. But not actually. I'm not actually going to do it. So no one actually say they're going to bet money. I'm willing to bet, though, as a phrase, not actually, that by Friday the 5th, by June 5th, this jailbreak will be patched. I'm almost willing to guarantee it. Oh, so the jailbreak is going to be patched and it doesn't matter. What about it? (laughs) Remember how I said that Apple has a tendency to just wait forever to patch things? It's because when they rush something, oh boy, things get unstable. Here's my advice to iOS users. Don't download iOS 13.5.1 that is going to fix the jailbreak. Actually, for all I know, there might already be a 13.5.1. I actually don't know. Whatever patch they released to fix this jailbreak, don't download that. Download the patch after that one that fixes some sort of terrible bug that the jailbreak patch caused. That's I I can almost guarantee it. It's gonna happen. They're gonna rush this out, and it's gonna co- and it's gonna cause more problems than it solves. Shifting gears only slightly, Texas Instruments is locking down their calculators. First off. If you're like me, unless you actually are an engineer in the field, the moment I said Texas Instruments, you just got a nostalgia rush all the way back to high school. Like, real talk, unless you are like an engineer or a carpenter or anything of that nature, 
you probably haven't used a, a TI-84 or a TI-34 or any kind of actual Texas instrument graphing or any sort of Texas instrument calculator since high school, probably. Well, regardless, Texas Instruments has decided to lock down the platform. They clearly got sick of too many people, first off, A, running Doom on their calculator, or and B, loading in various cheating programs. Because a lot of these places, a lot of schools will allow you to use a dedicated calculator, but not the calculator built into your phone. So what they do is upload a program that would put cheat sheets and notes onto their calculator and use that instead. Someone in chat straight up said they're not even allowed to use their graphing calculators during, during their courses in college. For something very similar to that. Although. Someone in chat did say. This is all because Linus. Water cooled. Water cooled one of the. Texas instrument uh, graphing calculators. It's not a joke by the way. Linus tech tips actually did. Water cool and overclock. An older Texas Instruments graphing calculator just so that they could play Doom on it better. All right, we're going to shift gears to the story I didn't want to talk about. Oh, I don't want to talk about this story because it's bizarre. And also, the instant I look into it, it's just a mess. An executive order has been signed that theoretically limits protections against social media companies, except it kind of doesn't really. The order is worded very oddly, like the whole order was just written up to be a stunt. And as far as I could tell, in granted... I have not read it enough that I feel confident in saying what it legally can and cannot do. But the whole thing comes off as a political stunt. That's just how it looks like to me. But the reason I want to talk about is how everyone else is trying to argue that this this whole thing is the end of Twitter as we know it. One article, in fact, admittedly from an activist organization, tried to say that it's unconstitutional and and cited cases involving newspapers as their logic for it. All right, look, look, look. Again, I admit, I don't have a firm grasp on the order. I don't want to have a firm grasp on the order, mostly because I highly suspect this order is either going to A, head to court, 
in which case a ton of lawyers are going to decide whether it should exist or not long before I can get my head fully wrapped around it. Because unfortunately the thing also references a whole bunch of other laws, and that's why I haven't gotten to it. Because it's not just the the five-page order you have to read and understand. It's the 200 other pages it references. It's just a mess, and I don't want to do it. I have... There's just so much more I'd rather do. I'd rather play solitaire. I'm not going to lie. Either A, the order is just not going to stand in a court... Or B, it is, as I suspect, a stunt, and therefore has no teeth. At all. Not that it matters, because the whole because thi- the entire freaking U.S. news is no longer talking about this. They're instead talking about how everything is literally on fire. Ugh. All right, I'm thoroughly depressed. Let's take a break in, instead and go do anything but think about think about this. When we come back, though, let's get into some of the f- more fun news. We got now the serious stuff. Let's get to the fun stuff. Like, oh, I don't know. I know I actually can't think of anything, to be perfectly honest. The SpaceX launch. We'll talk about the SpaceX X, X launch. I've also got some stuff from from NVIDIA, AMD, AMD processors. There's rumors of new AMD processors and not the ones you're thinking of. We'll be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. As I said, we're going to shift off the darker news and head on to more interesting news. Not to say the other stuff wasn't interesting. But Twitter has finally, finally given... The users, one of the two things that they've wanted the most. No, it is not an edit button. Yes, I am still upset by that. Yes, you have no idea how many times I have tweeted out a terrible typo and then had to go delete the entire blasted tweet to go retweet it with the correct thing in there. And yes, I am still salty about it. We're never going to get that edit button. And it still angers me. No, we are now actually able to schedule tweets, which, not going to lie, at very first thought, I thought, why? Who cares? Who's actually going to use that? And then I thought about it. And I was like, huh, actually, the funny thing is that actually is that. I say who's going to use scheduling tweets. I use scheduling tweets all the time. It's just that it's done with a program. It's done with my Spreaker software. It schedules the tweets every single time one of the episodes of the early bird briefing goes out. It schedules out a tweet for when an episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech is out. 
So I can actually see this feature getting plenty of use. I might actually use it for, uh... Wait, what am I going to use it for? I can see a lot of businesses using this, though. And to see it actually baked in, hey, there, there's signs. Twitter actually plans on features. Steam is working on something else as well. They're calling it the Cloud Play Beta. The Cloud Play Beta is apparently... A, God, how, how do you even describe this? From what we can tell, I should say that, because we don't know entirely, it's basically a hub for all your cloud gaming services, like GeForce Now, which has no games, and pretty much no one else, because no one else wanted to hop on board, they want to control their own everything. Now, that being said... There are more titles coming to GeForce now. So this whole Steam Play thing actually could see some use. I'm not going to lie, though. I am very glad to know that this Steam Cloud Play beta is not Steam taking a whole bunch of Alienwares, putting them on a bookshelf, and saying... Cloud gaming. But Half-Life 3 is never coming out. Ha ha! I'm still waiting for Half-Life 3. I am going to be a skeleton in this chair. And still be waiting for Half-Life 3. We're never going to see it. HP has secretly been working on a brand new... VR headset... No chat, Half-Life 3, or Half-Life Alex is not Half-Life 3. You know this as well as I do! <laughs> that is probably going to be like the first thing I do when I actually get a VR headset, is probably play Half-Life uh, Alex. One day. One day. Anyway. The game for highest-end VR headset advances. Before the Valve Index was the top tier, HP, however, has made the HP Reverb G2, which, based on its specs, in fact, does surpass the Valve Index. However, it does lack... what the Valve Index does as far as controllers go. Resolution to everything on the headset itself does surpass the Index. However, the controllers do not have individual finger controls. Which if more people look at Half-Life Alex, like we were just talking about, that could be a huge negative against the HP Reverb. We'll have to see, though. 
And after all, when the headset does have higher end specs on it, that does mean your PC does have to work harder to make it happen. Or, you know, you could just have a setup like mine and forever wonder, am I VR ready? Well, just look at the specs and look at your system and determine that way. Yeah, it's hard to do that when you have a Xeon. There's all sorts of little this, that's, and the other thing that just make you kind of always question it. That is one of the downsides to grabbing a $200 PC and then freaking slapping in a gaming cart and just say, like, they're done. It's that you always question if you're actually ready. Chat says, you have a Z on the answer is no! (laughs) I mean, you probably aren't wrong. It all depends. Like, Like, okay, look here. If you have one of those, like, 18-core, 1.6 gigahertz Xeons, yes, you're not going to VR game with it. You're not going to game with it. If you have Xeons like I do, where it's 3.6 gigahertz on a quad-core Xeon, the answer is... Probably? That's kind of the weird thing. Because there's also all sorts of little this, that's, and the other things that are tweaked in Xeons that just always leave you wondering. Is it good enough? On paper it should? Question mark? I know for PC gaming it holds up fine. Now, if you're gaming on an Epic processor, the answer is no. I don't think there... Oh, no, there are! There are there are Epic processors now that have high clock speeds. Right. But, you know, you know what? No one asks to game on a Xeon. They only do it because that's what they had accessible at the time. And at the same time, no one asked. Hey, you know that amazing... NVIDIA GeForce Experience software. I want that for professional workflows. Like, hey, come on, everyone. Everyone who's ever used a Quadro graphic card, anyone in in VFX, anyone in CAD, haven't you ever thought, man, I wish I had some software from NVIDIA that told me just what settings... I should have Autodesk set at to make the most use out of my Quadro RTX 2000. Didn't you ever think that? I sure didn't. I don't think anyone did. Who thought this was a good idea? Gamers even don't like GeForce Experience. The overwhelming majority of them, unless they're like, Brand new into PC gaming. And that's not a rip on those who do use NVIDIA GeForce Experience because it just sets the settings for them on their favorite game and they don't have to worry about anything. You know, that's that's you. I don't blame you. I personally wouldn't. 
But, you know, I'm also a gigantic nerd. The thing is that there is no one who gets a quadro that just wants a piece of software to set all the settings for them. They want to control every single dial. Every single knob, every single button, every single setting. They want fine control over all of it. The best example I actually thought of, and this was actually the exact same example I used in the early bird briefing that's going to be talking about this. It's, oddly enough, a trucking reference. When you talk about, and I'm talking old semi-trucks. Not old, old, but like 10 years old, old. When it comes to actually controlling the truck, you want as much control over it as possible. Obviously, things like the brakes and whatnot, but more importantly, when shifting gears. The manuals are sought after back in the day. Mostly because the automatics... Well, automatic transmissions 10 years ago were awful. Just awful. Shifting when you didn't want them to. Shifting too early. Shifting too slowly. Sometimes just seizing up. Sometimes just killing the... Sometimes just straight up killing the engine. Uh, now Now you're going 60 miles an hour down the highway with an engine that's off. Better just quickly turn that back on and hope for the best. Yay! That's about the best comparison I can make for this. The only difference is that automatic trucks have improved greatly. To the point where, as far as efficiency goes, automatic trucks can, in fact, outperform experienced truckers in a manual now as far as fuel efficiency concerning the fact that nvidia can't even get game settings right how the heck is nvidia gonna get the settings on autodesk right (laughs) there there is there is no the the download percentage of people who own a Quadro card and download Quadro Experience is going to be like 2%. No one is going to use Quadro Experience in a production environment. There is just no way. I'm sorry, there just isn't. So normally whenever I talk about SpaceX, we're shifting gears, by the way. Chat says they're chat says they are gonna download 
quadro experience in a production environment just to get a good laugh. That's possible. And then they're going to go throw out that computer because it's now tainted and get a new one. (laughs) Oh, man. This wonderful $20,000 64-core Threadripper dual RTX 2000 or 6000 Quadros workstation. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Up oh, GeForce uh, Quadro experiences on there. Up oh, time to throw it out and get a new one. That's it. It's dead now. It just died. <laughs> that's not how that's actually. They just reformat it. But anyway, normally when I normally I try to avoid the SpaceX stories. Not this week. So normally when it boils down to SpaceX, um. I'm not going to lie. My interest is pretty low. Mostly because SpaceX, its sole purpose is to get into space, which NASA has already done, but they want to do it by reinventing the technology to get back to where NASA was and also do it more sustainably to be able to reclaim parts that were normally just considered lost forever. Just being space junk. This week was a huge, and I want to emphasize, huge milestone for SpaceX. Earlier this week, I want to say Wednesday was the day they first tried. SpaceX tried to launch astronauts up to the International Space Station. Unfortunately, they were delayed due to weather, which sounds a lot lamer than it actually is. Let's be honest. When, when you hear delayed due to weather, the first image that popped in your head was a light drizzle and everyone's just like, oh, all right, we gotta go back inside. They were actually delayed because of part of a tropical depression. Like, it it was some serious weather they were delayed by. But regardless, the launch did happen on Saturday. It was a success. The components of the rocket were, in fact, recovered. And the shuttle is on its way to the International Space Station. And I believe by now, at the time of recording, the astronauts have been delivered to the International Space Station. I'm not 100% certain on that, but I almost guarantee you by the time this podcast is actually out and officially published on Monday that they will have. Oh, we actually do have confirmation. They docked at 7 a.m. Pacific time. So 9 a.m. my time. Was I awake at 9 a.m.? Everything's been a blur this morning. It's bizarre. But in any case, that actually, despite the fact that I'm personally not like enthralled with uh, space travel news, it's still a huge milestone. It is literally the first time in a decade, I, w- I want to say over a decade, that astronauts have gone to space from U.S. soil. 
What's also a big milestone, and for all the wrong reasons, is that the new Samsung Galaxy Book S was announced, and more importantly, it's ditching ARM. This is actually a bigger blow to the ARM processor revolution than I think anyone's giving it credit for. So for those who don't know, there are two CPU architectures that people talk about. I know there's a lot more, but let's be honest. No one talks about Cyrix processors. There's also other CPU architectures out there as well that are just, well, not utilized in any sort of major noticeable application. In any case, for the longest time, Samsung has always had a laptop out there that runs a version of Actually, it's run several different operating systems over the years. But the thing is that it's always been ARM-based. And whenever any of the ARM fanatics, the ones that want to say, You just don't get it. X86 is the way of the past. Long live ARM! ARM is the future! Get rid of your 64-core Threadrippers now! They're junk! Switch to this... 8-core ARM chip that can't even run Android properly. Granted, that last bit is also because Android is terribly inefficient, but I digress. I will never hear the end of it about how X86 is dead, long live ARM, even though if AMD has proven anything, is that there is so much more X86 can do. Like have all the cores. All of them. And yes, I know the argument for using ARM over not using ARM is much more in-depth than I just said in my little half rant there that launched a thousand emails. The point is, is that Samsung is going to be switching over to Windows on their Galaxy Book S, and it is going to be using one of Intel's 10 nanometer SOCs specifically from Lakefield okay then it's kind of funny even though right now is in the performance world and in the power efficiency world in laptops AMD is just slapping Intel around And yet, when a major move is made like this, it's to Intel. Fascinating. Almost as fascinating as the fact that Samsung has decided to launch their own card. Chat says that Intel's idle power consumption is still way better. That's probably it.
It's kind of interesting, though. If Intel's idle power consumption is way better, how the heck are the uh, AMD laptop processors still squeaking out 10 hours of battery life? Unlike the performance laptops. Like, it's got to be more than just the 7 nanometers versus 14. Right? No, no, no. It's it's not the 96 watt-hour batteries, because they're in the Intel ones, too. Like, for whatever reason, the instant you add a discrete GPU, AMD has figured out a way to, like, not suffer as much Whereas Intel just suffers on it. And I don't know what it is. And I actually do want it. I am not, I, I am not asking this question as like, I am leading, I'm putting out breadcrumbs for you to reach my thoughts on something. I legitimately want to know. If Intel has nailed down idle power consumption, why is it the instant you add an AMD or an NVIDIA GPU, it just, Tanks. And I'm sure the answer is very dry and very boring and full of very engineering details as to what AMD figured out that Intel can't. I had no point. I just literally find that fascinating. But back to the point of Samsung deciding to literally copy Apple and make their own card. So on Samsung phones, you have a function called uh, Samsung Pay. And yes, I literally forgot what it was, and I literally just opened up my own phone to look at it. Oh my god, it had an ad in it. It's actually bad enough that already the card that's... I only have one card synced to my Samsung Pay thing... And it's expired. I haven't bothered trying to put my new one in. I'm sure it's going to be a hassle and I'm just not going to bother. As much as paying with my watch did feel kind of cool. But in any case, Samsung wants to go and introduce a new thing. Samsung Money. Which will be going through the Samsung Pay as well. And this will be powered by SoFi. However, Samsung made one critical mistake. It's a debit card. Why is that a mistake? Think about it for a second. The answer is twofold. One, for it to be a debit card, it has to be tied to a bank. Seeing as how they already partnered with SoFi... That means that the that in order to use this, you have to underline, you have to have a bank account with SoFi. Unless they manage to find some way around it. The other thing is that the sole reason Apple made a credit card was to shake and make us all rethink how we use credit cards. They wanted their credit card to be as transparent as possible. Some that modern credit cards just aren't. 
They wanted to make it so that you could, on a, on the fly, see how much you've used. Give a nice visualization. They wanted to summarize everything about the credit card. Because everything about the credit card right now is very complicated. That was why Apple made the Apple credit card. A debit card. Well, you it's just it's just that. It takes it from from the account directly. That's why Apple made the the Apple credit card. What is the Samsung debit card doing that is different? What is it doing different? Nothing. As far as we can tell, nothing. Now, I want to state that this is just my thoughts on how it's going to work here in the U.S., I have no idea how it's going to work in other countries. I'm not even going to pretend like I know how it's going to behave in other countries because I literally have no idea how it's going to behave in other countries. What I do know is that there is going to be a Galaxy Fold 2 and we might see it in August. Isn't that what you want? Don't you want a want a sequel to the Galaxy Fold? The most destructible overpriced phone in all existence that was a bad tablet and a bad phone and didn't really give the best of any world and cost two thousand dollars. Alright, real talk. I actually do want to see what the Galaxy Fold 2 looks like. Because there's so many problems right now with folding phones in general. The screen durability is a huge problem. And I do mean huge. The fact that permanent damage can be done to the screen with just your fingernail to me is a deal breaker. Regardless of the price point. Like for a screen that fragile, that phone better be $200. I'm sorry, it has to be if it's going to be that fragile. Oh, and the best part is that you can't put on a screen protector. Best deal breaker ever. Fragile screen, no screen protector. Whee! It's like, why bother? Well, I'd have to assume Samsung has taken a look at how the Fold went last time. And now the Z Flip didn't really flop, but really went nowhere. So, I'm curious. 
What improvements were, are there going to be in the Fold 2? And before you think the price has gone down a lot, rumors and reports are saying this the Fold 2 is going to cost $1,880 in the U.S., Oh boy. So it ain't going to be cheap. It also means I'm definitely not going to be getting one. But I'm still curious what it's going to have. Oh yeah, that that is pre-tax. Which, yeah. We're also expecting to see a Motorola Razr 2. And you want to talk about a phone that went from hyped to dead. In freaking weeks, the model, the Motorola Razor, the instant it was, it came out, all desire to see this phone dead, gone in an instant. It is fascinating just how how these phones are just like there's just no demand for them like at all the like you you see these folding phones you see what what a cool concept they are and then you realize oh they cost a metric ton of money and they're fragile as all heck hard pass We have some rumors that originally came from Mac rumors. I orig- I actually came across this on the Linus Tech Tip forums. And these are some rumors that if they're true, I'm going to hate them. I'm going to hate them a lot. The iPhone 12, which is what we're going to assume the next phone's being called. I think it's probably going to be the 11S. But, you know, it is what it is. Rumors say that they're going to keep the lightning design for their port on the next-gen iPhone. But the generation after that, you're not going to see USB-C. You're not going to see lightning. You're going to see this new kind of USB port called USB None. There was a College Humor sketch a while back, back when College Humor was funny. Where uh, they did a Johnny Ive parody. And they were just like, careful, Tim. I originally wanted the phone to be a giant glass featureless brick. We are getting closer and closer to that college humor parody being correct. iPhone 13, no port. iPhone 14, no screen. iPhone 15, glass brick. 
$2,000 glass brick with 128 gigabytes. Oh boy. Not not going to lie. Kind of glad I switched back to back to Android. We're going to take our last break here when we come back. I got weird stories for you. I got really really weird stories for you. Like the state of Sonic. There's a fun one for you. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. The rumors are getting stronger that there are new Ryzen CPUs coming soon that are not, underline, are not the Ryzen 4000 series. We could be seeing new Ryzen 3000 XT CPUs. These I I actually got distracted by chat chat there for a second because the use of double negatives. The rumors say that um that we should be seeing Ryzen 3000 XT processors that in fact could pu- push clock speeds all the way up to 4.8 gigahertz. Now, chat is saying that um, there's no way they're not true, just based on how how good the uh, their manufacturing pro- process is. I only say they're rumors because that's what they are. That is just what what we're getting this information from from rumors and unconfirmed reports. I'm also talking about them because I do think, in fact, they are correct. Then again, it wouldn't be the first time I bring up a report and go, Hey guys, look! Look how silly that report is! It's silly in the brain! If these are correct, though, and that AMD can, in fact, get clock speeds this high... That Intel gaming crown. It looks like they might not have it for too much longer. Because keep in mind, Intel only recently took back that crown. Man, if I was Intel right now, I would be... uh, I'd be uh, working a little extra to make sure that that 10 nanometer and 7 nanometer process gets... uh, Gets done soon, because man. They managed to squeeze more life out of 14 nanometer, and I still can't believe they managed to pull it off. But that's not going to last for much longer. Reports are saying that we could be seeing a Halo 3 public tests coming in early June and that it in fact would also join 
the Master Chief Collection. So originally, Halo 3 came out in the Xbox 360. And it's one of the few that was not added to the PC Master Chief Collection. That could be changing very soon. I have nothing else beyond that. It's just neat. It's kind of neat. Just, I mean, think about this for for a second. The Xbox department as a whole, there is one, there is one word that Microsoft says over and over and over again, whenever they talk about the Xbox, you know, the word exclusive. Exclusive, 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 exclusive! How many exclusives does the Xbox actually have? No, really. How many exclusives are actually on the Xbox platform? Yeah, there aren't many, if any, are still left. Oh, apparently since last E3, chat is telling me they now say an Xbox and Windows exclusive. Good! Because that is much more accurate. Anything you could play on the Xbox, you could always play on a PC. I'll also say this much. The Xbox is having less and less reason to exist. Especially depending on the price of the Xbox Series X. I'm just saying, if that console costs $600, yikes, that's going to be a hard pill to swallow. In other gaming news, the Sonic team has officially made it official, which I know sounds very weird to say, but anyway... Spare me, all right. That uh, they, they are, in fact, doing something that they should have done over a decade ago. Sonic the Hedgehog games are, from here on out, going to release less frequently to focus on quality. What an amazing concept! <laughs> Wow, maybe we should stop producing dumpster fires and instead focus on producing real games that people actually want to play instead of make fun of. What a novel concept. I I guess better late than never. All right, let's get into some of the more interesting stories. Some of the more odd ones. 
South Korea has a cafe that has, in fact, made one of the first robot baristas in order to help with social distancing at cafes. I don't think I have much more to add to that. Just just let that sink in. Robot baristas. We're just a couple steps away from just having cafes run by androids. I kid somewhat. It is just kind of interesting. The, the lengths we go to now... To finding a solution to the current pandemic. It is, I'm I'm not criticizing it, I legitimately find it fascinating. That we're literally making a robot whose sole purpose in life is to deliver coffee. That being said, though, that is nowhere near as uh, as sad as a professional NASCAR racer getting quite a uh, a scolding when it was found out that for an esports race he had a professional video game player actually play the game while he just sat in an unplugged simulator pretending he was the one actually playing needless to say his sponsor his sponsors were not too pleased with the fact that he literally had someone else play the simulator for him well, he fl- he basically lip synced. Is basically what it what it goes to. It's just oh god. Whoops. I don't even get why there wasn't even all that much of a prize on the line. It was just a move to cover his own pride. Uh, well, it is what it is. Apparently, the the uh, the person who s- stood in has had quite a bit of a uh, sketchy past, but I'm I'm not gonna really cover that. It was, however, the racer was required to donate ten thousand euros to charity as a fine for cheating. In this race. Meanwhile in the world of real sports. There is a remote cheering app. Being developed. So that Japan's empty stadiums. Could still have crowds cheering. I'm going to file this story under modern modern problems require modern solutions. And say, you know, that that's one way to do it. 
But at the same time, I want to see the sports fan in Japan who is walking around the uh, the streets of Tokyo, holding out his phone, watch watching the the football game, or whatever the stadium would be is. I believe they say football league, but I but I'm pretty sure that football in Japan is soccer here in the U.S. I know that's incredibly confusing. I hate it too. But I just want to see the the the, the Japanese uh, football fan roaming the streets of Wisconsin or the, the streets of Tokyo or on the train and just like just just like screaming into the phone, yeah! <laughs> it amuses me greatly, but nowhere near as much as the next story. Uh, chat wants to know, isn't baseball the thing in Japan? I thought it was, but this particular article from The Guardian mentions their football league. And that that's what this is being used for. Even though I have not signed up, it's literally the first sentence is mentions Japan's Corona hit football league. I think it's because the football league is supposed to be resuming soon. But this brings up the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the day. And one that, uh, this, this story just kind of makes me shake my head on multiple levels. Here's the headline from Vice. 370 dollar 5G bio shield is just a USB stick with a sticker on it. So first off, it saddens me that a 5G bio shield can even be sold. And I know that there are tons upon tons of 5G conspiracy theories. Some of which, granted, do have an ounce of science in it, but like a lot of them are just like, I'm not even going to mention them. They're they're just like blatantly based in nothing. There's just no physical way what they're claiming is possibly true. But at the same time, you you got to marvel the people's willingness to just make a quick buck on people who are willing to believe anything but here's the best part about this the device is in fact just a USB thumb drive with a sticker on it the part I love the most is the capacity of the drive let's see if chat can guess how much storage space do you think is on this 5G bio shield 
stick. And I'm willing to bet everyone's going to be over. We have four gigs, 512 megs, 512 megs. You're all over. 128 megabytes. That's it. You you can't fit anything on it. That's that's the thing that actually gets me the most. I want to know where these guys actually managed to get a managed to get 128 gig sticks in any reasonable volume to even make this scam possible. Folks, let's just be blunt here. There are there are concerns with certain forms of 5G. But more and more it looks like we will most likely be fine with the rollout of 5G. All right. Things will be fine. But there is no way, there is no actual way that you can block only 5G radio waves, especially since there are two different kinds of 5G with a USB stick. It is literally, not figuratively, it is literally impossible. Folks, that is going to do it for this unintentionally long episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. I do encourage you, please do check out my daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing. Quick three minutes, quickly talking about one topic each and every day. You can find that wherever you found this podcast, on iTunes, on Spreaker, on Google Podcasts, on iHeartRadio, literally everywhere. And also check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. Take care, and I hopefully you stay safe and you stay healthy. Let's let's start doing some science experiments here real quick. Uh 128 gigabyte USB stick. Let's see what Google will get us. Oh my lord, you actually can Oh, I know, I'm sorry. I said 128 gigabyte. I mean 128 megabyte. There we go.
Oh, Lord. There's a lot of 10 off wish. That's no, no, no. Oh, wait, no, that's wait a minute. Hold the phone here. I know these sticks. I use these sticks for for my hypervisor on one of the servers. Mine's two gigs, though. And the best part I love about this is that the this wish listing, 15 bucks for 10 of these drives, perfect for Christmas gifts. Folks, if you get if you get anyone, friend or family, a 128 megabyte USB stick, they will stab you on the spot. It's going to be the most awkward Christmas ever.